This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. And as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state to let you know about the places and events that make Mississippi great. On today's show, it's all about the 15th annual Oxford Film Festival. We'll start our show today by welcoming Melanie Addington, executive producer of the festival. Then we'll speak with Emmy Award-winning actress, director, producer Katie McLean about her film and many other projects. After that, we'll chat with Wayne Andrews about the Kids Film Festival and end the show with musician Aston Rocks of Clouds and Crayons. So hold on tight because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, joined by Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. And it's Friday, friends. Happy Friday. Welcome, February. I'm telling you, right? And it feels like February outside. I know. We weren't prepared for this. The sun came out, and we just thought it'd be rainbows and flip-flops. But, hey, it's still cold. Yes, indeed. I mean, we go through all four seasons in literally a day here. Like, you need to carry. <laughs> A overcoat and a pair of swim trunks. You know, and the car is crazy. Well, I wish y'all could see Camille right now because he's bundled up. He's got his jacket zipped all the way up to his neck. He's got his beanie on. Yep. He's ready for winter. Mm-hmm. Everybody that knows me knows I get cold. Well, uh, we'll uh, have a great show today exploring all things Oxford Film Festival. Hard to believe this festival is in its 15th year. Really, uh, such a banner festival for Mississippi. Uh, but before we get into the show, I always love to catch up with Kamel. We only get to see each other once a week, and it's during this 10 o'clock hour. So, Kamel, how are things in your world? Everything is going excellent. Uh, Of course, the Mississippi Blues Marathon was last week, and I mean, it was great from the standpoint of runners and participants. Not so great from the weather, because everybody was expecting good weather, but it rained and it was a little cold, but still thousands of runners from every state in this great nation showed up, and I mean, it was just a, a livid event. Well, that's great. I, yeah, I saw. I caught some clips on uh, on the local news about the 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 weather and and all that. But it looks like everybody kind of persevered, yeah. put on their uh, their game face and and moved forward. I, another great marathon coming up is next weekend in Greenville, the Mississippi River Marathon, mm-hmm. and that's a really cool event because you start in Mississippi and you actually cross over the Mississippi River. Yeah. On foot, you know, running along into Arkansas and come back. And uh, anyway, super cool event. So uh, the Mississippi River Marathon is next weekend in Greenville. Check that out. It could be a, a fun thing to do. And I believe it qualifies for multiple races, which is always important to exactly. those competitive runners. So, um, but hey, enough about racing and running. Let's uh, yeah. let's get down to film. We want to welcome to the show Melanie Addington. She's calling in from Oxford, and she is the executive director of the Oxford Film Festival. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we are really pleased to uh, give our listeners a preview of the 15th annual Oxford Film Festival taking place next weekend. So uh, let's get started by talking a little bit about logistics, and then we'll talk more about the history of the festival. So where does this event take place and when? Sure. Um, It actually starts next Wednesday, so we're almost there. Uh, From Wednesday, February 7th to Sunday, February 11th, it's five days of movies. Wow. And we actually change venues a couple times. So Wednesday, we're actually at the Powerhouse, which is the Community Arts Center, for our community film night, just supporting our local filmmakers. And then Thursday, we actually move to the Ford Center on the campus of Ole Miss for our big opening night film called The Last Movie Star, which is with Burt Reynolds. And then Friday through Sunday, we have four screens at the Malco Commons, which is the newer theater in Oxford, um, over on Sisk. And... We also have the Oxford Conference Center right across the street. There's actually five screens at all times. 
Wow. Well, I have been just doing some research on the film festival, and I definitely uh, want to attend. But, I mean, over 200 quality films and just reading that Movie Maker magazine rated you guys the top, one of the top 50 film festivals worth the entry fee in 2017. So, I mean, you guys are making real waves as a film festival. We're trying. We're doing our best. It really helps that we have such a great community that loves the arts in Oxford. So, you know, everybody comes out and supports it as a sponsor or as a volunteer or just comes and watches the movies. So it helps to make a really good festival and people care about it. Well, and Melanie, you also got a very special recognition from the city of Oxford this year honoring the 15th anniversary. Yes, we're actually going to be naming um, it's Oxford Film Festival Week on Tuesday at the Board of Aldermen meeting. So we're very excited about that. Our new mayor, Robin Tannehill, is very supportive of the arts and has been nothing but tremendous help since she's become the mayor with the festival. So what does something like that, like a proclamation, a sort of official uh, <laughs> recognition, mean to a group of, of, of film enthusiasts and yeah. art supporters? Um, it's a huge deal for us. We have worked very hard uh, for 15 years to grow this festival, and we started very small and have, you know, jumped up leaps and bounds with attendance and everything else. So to be recognized by the city for 15 years of our efforts is just really, really touching, and it's just such a nice way to start off the festival this year. I think it's important for people to know that the process of anything takes time and especially building something like this. So tell our listeners what the, you know, just the transition was from 2003 all the way until now. Sure. Actually, in fact, we're celebrating the people who originally started the festival this year with a reception. Um, in 2003, Neil White and Elaine Abadie, who was running the Arts Council here, went to the Magnolia Film Festival in Starkville, which at the time was, you know, the one in the state, and said, hey, if Starkville can do it, Oxford can do it. Right, <laughs> so, right. As you see rivalry, we have still this. <laughs> so, um, and they uh, got it started with a group of like 30 people and had a one screen at the Ford Center the first year. And we've gone from that to a full-time paid employee year-round doing monthly programming and over 300 volunteers. It's, it's really been amazing to watch the transformation. Incredible that it's just such a success story. And I liked, um, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about how really your mission has grown. You guys started out really sharing films, showing films, but now you're really mm -hmm. interested in the craft or sharing. Yeah, our that original craft. mission was to bring cool films and the filmmakers that make them. <laughs> so we've, we've grown a <laughs> Which is bit a good mission, mm -hmm. I might add. Mm -hmm. it, it is. But we haven't strayed from that. We still bring cool filmmakers. <laughs> but we um, now focus a lot on education. Uh, we do a kids' film festival and we do workshops for free for anyone who wants to learn more about filmmaking. But we also now year round have film equipment for anyone who wants to film in Lafayette County oh, wow. very cheap. And we also work with students so that it's free. So that's really been our mission is to not help people just watch movies, but actually start making them. That is too cool. No, that so is cool. equipment's available for your residents, for the locals, and, you know, you make it special access for students. So, and Absolutely. as part of this festival, you're also hosting a lot of panels, a lot of Q and A's and a lot of workshops. Yes, absolutely. Um, we are working with a company out of Clarksville. I'm going to probably say their name wrong, but it's Lubaki. <laughs> um, and they have started their own virtual reality company. And so they're going to come and showcase what they do. And then we have people like Seed and Spark, which is a crowdfunding campaign, come and talk about how to raise money for your film. We have John Norris, who's actually uh, making a movie in Natchez right now with Octavia Spencer, Kate Taylor, the director. He's going to come up and talk about his background is in visual effects um, mm -hmm. and also about producing. So we have lots nice. of great things that are going to be happening. And then almost every single film block this year for the first time ever has at least one filmmaker representing with a Q&A. So no matter what screen you go into, you're probably going to get a talk to a filmmaker. Oh, that's very that's cool. nice. And I mean, what people, when they come, they don't just just panel discussions and just watching films. I mean, you guys have all kind of different films, animated and experimental and new media and documentaries, Mississippi narrative films, uh, LGBTQ films, kid films. I mean, even music videos. So, I mean, there's all kind of different things that people can enter. Yeah, I mean, if you have, like, any kind of film, 
we probably have it. Um, you know, even if you like a, sus- a suspense film or a comedy, or if you just really like very serious documentaries, we have something for everyone. Um, I'm really proud of our animation block this year. It actually has uh, an Oscar-nominated short um, that's going to be hopefully winning the Oscar right after a festival, so that's exciting. And then um, we also have uh, an, all these new kids films, so they're very family-friendly, so we're very excited about that, too. Now, we're, we're going to interview Katie McLean uh, in the next segment, so I don't want to steal too much thunder from her, but I do want to talk to you, Melanie, about your focus on female filmmakers this year. You've really put a lot of energy into this. We did. Um, you know, part of our mission is to have diverse voices at our festival. Last year with the HB 1523, we uh, added on our LGBT section. And this year, looking at the many years of filmmakers coming to this festival, I noticed a really disturbing trend that only about 20 to 25% of our directors had been female. Um, And as a female director myself, uh, I thought that we could do better. And so our programmers and myself all worked very hard this year to really just find great films from females. Um, So we're more at about 50-50 now this year, so I'm very excited about that. Well, congratulations. I know mm-hmm. that takes a lot of work and a lot of thought. And, uh, Melanie, we certainly appreciate all that you and your team and your 300 volunteers are yeah. doing uh, <laughs> there in Oxford. So, again, remind our listeners uh, the dates of the Oxford Film Festival, where they can go to get more information and how to get involved. Absolutely. Uh, February 7th through 11th, so starting next Wednesday, they can go to OxfordFilmFest.com. They can buy tickets there. They can download our print program if they want to just look at it at home. Or any questions, contact information, it's all there, and they can reach me if they need anything else. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melanie. We appreciate you making time to be on the show today. That's Melanie Addington. Thank you. We've been speaking with her about the 15th annual Oxford Film Festival, and it's time for us to take a break. But when we return, we will talk with actress, producer, director Katie McLean about her film, the upcoming panel during the Oxford Film Festival. Uh, All that and more coming up next on Next Stop Mississippi here on MPV Think Radio. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org. Joined, as always, by Visit Mississippi's Kamel King, the one and only. <laughs> if you're just joining us before the break, we spoke with Melanie Addington, Executive Director of the Oxford Film Festival. She was sharing with us all of the great things in store starting on Wednesday, February 7th in Oxford for the 15th Annual Oxford Film Festival. Five days of incredible programming. And uh, we're here to talk more about that great programming with Katie McLean. She's an Emmy award-winning actress Yay. and director-producer. Thanks for being on the show today. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, we're really pleased that you're joining us in Mississippi next week for the Oxford Film Festival. And uh, just uh, welcome you, uh, you know, a little early uh, to Mississippi. Exactly. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited to come and participate in some of the events and take in some Mississippi culture. Um, you know, and there's so much that you guys have to offer. So I'm thrilled to be there. 
Well, Katie, we uh, have to note you are an Emmy Award-winning actress for yes. uh, your roles uh, on daytime television, All My Children, and many others. Uh, Michelle McAdoo, our producer, has been over the moon I about mean, having really. you as a guest on the show. So <laughs> we're uh, really, really excited about that. But you're you're coming to Mississippi really to talk more about your work as a director-producer, and we'll be screening Seeing is Believing, Women Direct. Uh, tell us a bit about this project. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I have to touch on the All My Children kind of connection because sometimes I think people wonder, like, wait a minute, you were working on a soap opera for so long and now you're writing and directing and this <laughs> documentary about women directors. What's the connection? And I find that there's a really strong connection because what I was working on for many years were uh, stories about women, often by women, sometimes produced by women. Um, and uh, I really felt a home there for many years where I felt like as an actress, I could often have more of a voice than I found having, um, having being, uh, uh, excuse me, being a uh, actress in Los Angeles or in New York, where um, sometimes the narratives for women, especially for actresses, um, you know, you were the wife, the mother, the daughter, the sister, but you weren't like the lead voice in the show. Mm -hmm. And when I left soaps and I sort of kind of was wondering, you know, what, what is next for me? I had made some films and I really, really enjoyed it. And I really felt like I had a powerful voice, much more of a voice as a creative person behind the camera. Um, I, it just hit me like, oh, my gosh, you know, I love directing. There's a problem. There's not enough women directors being recognized yeah. or as leaders. There's, we're just not seeing them or not being supported. Certainly, even at the film festivals, as you guys were talking about, there was just they were not being um, um, celebrated and their work being supported as much as they might have been. And so I thought, you know what, I can get behind this because this this is a through line in my life. I really care about this issue. These stories really touch me. And as a woman, when I see a story that recognizes my experience, it's my, my own unique experience as a female, it's just so thrilling because it's so rare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so sadly rare. And so... Um, so it was. It's been an amazing journey. Um, I've I've interviewed over seventy women and a whole bunch of guys too, mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of very good and kind and supportive men, and more and more of them, which is really great. You know, coming to the table saying, "I want to support this issue too," whether they have a, a wife or a daughter or or um, a sister in the business or not. They just think like, you know what, this is really interesting, and I love some of these artists that happen to be women, and I want to support this cause. So. That's been really um, edifying and exciting to, to see these men come to the fore and want to help make this difference, uh, this change and a difference as well. Uh, with Seeing is Believing, in your interviews with these m more than 70 women and, as you said, several men, uh, what are you focusing on? Are you talking about creative process? Are you talking about the experience in the biz, so to speak? You know, I decided to do an, an kind of an arc of a conversation um, based on a little research I had done. Um, you know, a lot of structure in film and television is based on uh, the Joseph Campbell hero's journey. And so I went to that originally. I thought, you know, this is really interesting. I love Joseph Campbell and I love the power of myth and I love, you know, all the archetypes, you know, that you discover in these in, the, in his wonderful writings. But I came across a really interesting quote by one of his students, Maureen Murdoch was her name. <clears throat> and apparently she'd gone to Joe and said, hey, Joe, I don't really see women <laughs> or myself so much in the hero's journey. It's kind of all of a guy's story. And he said, well, women don't need to take the hero's journey. They're already there. <laughs> and she said, uh, <laughs> that's not my experience in this lifetime. How, hmm, give me a second. So she went off and did a whole bunch of research, and uh, she created something called The Heroine's Journey. And it's a book. You can buy it. It's wonderful. But I started digging into that circle and that kind of, um, kind of uh, structure, and it really um, informed the way I started asking people questions. And so it's been very much like, you know, where do you come from? Why did you become a director? What inspired you to become a director? Um, sorry. Um, and <laughs> I'm in a hotel and someone was just trying to come in to clean the room. Oh, God, don't you hate that? <laughs> so, do do you see the do not sorry. disturb sign? <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, so why did you want to become a director? Um, uh, and, of course, what obstacles have you had to overcome? Um, but really I wanted to get to 
why do you lead? How do you lead well? What do you think about, you know, being a female and a leader? What wisdom have you, um, you know, gathered through this process? You know, how do you persevere? Why do you persevere? What is so important about the storytelling process for you as a woman that you will put up with what you have to put up with in order to do this job? And that, for me, has been really enlightening, and I think it will be very inspiring, which is really my point, which I really want more women to feel like this is a job that they can do, that they should do, uh, if they want to do. Because if you think about it, right, like in the ancient days, we all sat around the fire and, like, told each other stories. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if, like, women who feel like they have an important and vital story don't get to tell that story, then, you know, the culture isn't getting information that yes. they need right, to, to be a healthy and be, healthier and, and better culture. So here are all these incredible stories that these women feel like, oh, please, you must listen to this. This is vital. This will help you. You know, this is something that is going to help transform the way you think about the world. And so I thought, okay, this is, I, I got, this is how I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to help the world by helping them. More women see um, options for how they can be in the world. And I think through these women as um, mentors to women of all ages, races, uh, gender identifications, um, sizes, you know, you someone will see themselves in one of these women and go, oh, I can do it too. And that would make me very happy. Well, you've made a really great connection for mm-hmm. me this morning, and that is of the director as a leader, as this this is a leadership role. I often think of, of a director's position as creative, mm-hmm. um, but I think you really mm-hmm. illustrate a great point that this is about uh, women in leadership and women, you know, influencing others and the stories we tell. Absolutely. I mean, I call it creative leadership. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I mm-hmm. just spoke to a, a large group, about 350 women here in Miami at the DRI Women in the Law Seminar, and they brought me here to talk about the film, but to also talk about leadership and, you know, why we as women have been struggling with having with being accepted, right, as leaders. <clears throat> and I have a, a theory about that, and it's a little deep, so I'll try to, like, make it a short theory, but a short explanation of that theory. But but what it is is I feel like that women, um, we have a long history of oppression, mm-hmm. right? Thousands of years we've been fighting for the vote. We've been fighting for our right to um, have an equal conversation at, the, at, a, at a boardroom table. Like that's kind of more recently. But back in 1804, the Napoleonic Code made it law that women were of less value than the children that they gave birth to. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. That's not that long ago, right? Yeah. So there's Mm -hmm. this new scientific study called epigenetics. And in epigenetics, they are finding in our DNA um, subtle kind of um, uh, proof that the trauma of our parents and our grandparents is living within our own DNA. Mm -hmm. So when women don't speak up, there might be a larger reason, a scientific reason, why they don't speak up. Mm-hmm. They're afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Very. Right? They're afraid of, a, of, a, of, of, of there's some kind of larger trauma that's informing them that something more dangerous could happen to them if they step up and suddenly try to say, I want to be a leader here. Wow. Incredible. And, you know, of course, you can look at our last po- political campaign and see how vicious things got, you know, and so maybe there's also good reason why they might be afraid. But um to say that the lack of civil discourse in our in our political conversation these days. But um Well Katie, speaking of of, of speaking up, you've got several women joining you for a Q and A uh, at the Oxford Film Festival. Uh tell us a little bit about this uh panel discussion that we can uh experience next week. Well we'll we won't get political, I hope <laughs> I know everybody. Well, ah, politics. Um, <laughs> but um, 
really, it's, it's meant to be a warm and loving conversation about the process of making art, why these women feel that the, these stories that they have, that are, they are showing at the Oxford Film Festival, are ones that they feel are important for audiences to see, um, what they hope that the audiences will walk away with. You know, I want women to give more tools for leadership and share how they became leaders, how they lead most effectively, right? And that's what I was going to get to, too, is in terms of what creative leadership is especially with directors, but I think it, it really um, all, is, is also um, relevant when you're talking about lawyers or uh, doctors because they're, if you're just dominating, right, in a situation, um, that other person doesn't get to bring their best to the table. Like a member of your team might get shut down by the way you lead. So I find a lot of women are, are a bit, a little bit, I don't want to generalize, but oftentimes can be uh, really good listeners, um, try to draw out the best uh, from their team, tend to be really uh, supportive, and really understand that the team is there to support the vision and to support the project and to support the whole, as opposed to thinking that they've got to do the top-down male style of leadership. And I think that's something that even men can learn from, um, that we all can learn from as creative people. Like, hey, there's another way to lead and it makes everyone feel like recognized and supported and excited to make whatever project or whatever, um, you know, team uh, uh, sport even, you know, what are we going to do together as a team? Soccer is a great example of that. Or even football, right? If you don't work as a team, you're not going to meet your goal. So I think a lot of the women um, have incredible skills in this regard and will be able to give the audiences insights into um, – into, into this issue that they can take away and think like, oh, I can use that in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Take it back to the to home, to work, to your community group, whatever, and apply it in exactly. your world. I'm really fortunate exactly. to work with a lot of really strong, creative women, and I do see that uh, at Mississippi Today, that uh, that sort of lifting up, opening up of yeah. ideas and sharing, and uh, it's it's an incredible environment, and I wish that for all people. That's certainly for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I it can only make a better world and I think that's what so many of us want, you know. We just want a a happier world, a better world, you know. We want to make beautiful things and share them with one another and uh, that's the whole point. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on the line with us. Uh, Great to hear more about you and about this wonderful project that we'll uh, get to experience next week. Seeing is Believing Women Direct by Katie McLean. It's time for us to take another break. We've been talking all about the 15th Annual Oxford Film Festival. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Kids Film Festival. We'll speak with Wayne Andrews and... uh, Don't go far because we'll be right back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Today's Moment in Black History highlights Coolidge Ball. Being the first African-American athlete to play any sport at the University of Mississippi, Coolidge Ball is a trailblazer. I knew it was going to be that way, and uh, when I came here, I knew I was going to make history. My coach had recruited at the University of Mississippi at that time, uh, Kenneth Robin, and I really never thought about coming to the University of Mississippi until he came down to visit. We salute Coolidge Ball for making a path others could follow. This has been MPB's Moment in Black History. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. 
Oh, I love it. I the, love it. We're the kids that rock. <laughs> Next stop, Mississippi. That's right. Mary Margaret Miller here with Kamel King. And if you're just joining us, we've been talking all about Oxford Film Festival in its 15th year, uh, which begins next week, next Wednesday. You can uh, check out the schedule and all the details at OxfordFilmFest.com. Uh, but joining us uh, on the line now from Oxford is our friend Wayne Andrews. He's with the Yaknapatawpha Arts Council and is here to tell us all about the Kids Film Festival, just one element of this great five-day program uh, that is the Oxford Film Festival. Welcome, Wayne. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about uh, both the film festival and the expanded kids programming that will be offered this year. Well, Wayne, you're just about a regular on the show. We just (laughs) um, enjoy hearing from you because you've always got a creative approach to uh, maybe maybe traditional programming, maybe something completely new. So tell us a little more about this kids film festival. Is this a new element altogether or is it just something you're kind of jazzing up this year? Well, it, it, the uh, program's definitely grown. Uh, we've always had elements for children. Uh, uh, we've had everything from uh, a make-your-own-movie, work with a filmmaker, and the, and the and kids have made a movie during the uh, festival, uh, to film screenings that were appropriate for children. This year is a great mix of um, educational experiences, hands-on learning, and uh, storytelling from around the world through film. Uh, and I think it's a great mix of everything where we're going to be able to put uh, kids from age uh, 10 to 17 to watch films from Germany and Mexico and the United States and hear how they tell a story and relay feelings, uh, then give them the opportunity to see technology that's vibrant in our community, uh, working with a group out of um, Clarksdale that is doing virtual reality programming, teaching kids that you don't necessarily have to be a coder, um, but you can use technology to tell a story. And then finally, Wayne, I, I want to interrupt you for just a second because I've I've had the opportunity to visit um, Labaki, the group in Clarksdale, at their uh, their space there at the Crossroads Cultural Arts Center, and this virtual reality is. Amazing. Mm. It is so exciting to experience and really cool to watch people just jump in and and get their hands dirty with it. So I'm just really exciting that you're able to bring that to Oxford in such an interactive way. If you think about right now how we uh, often we we complain a little bit about how uh, younger younger people are interacting and communicating through technology and iPhones. Here's a great way to make it a physical activity uh, to get them to share and and go make it a, a an external experience by using technology to get immersed and then kind of go back and tell, use it to tell their own story and share so they get back into that uh, developing storytelling and language and, and, and experiences. Uh, and then the fact that they get a chance to work with uh, Bobby Thompson, who's a professional, uh, and you know, the, teaching the students how to make a movie, how to tell your story, that you can have this workshop that is tailored for their age um, and, and in an afternoon really you know, get immersed and, you know, film is one of those things you can kind of appreciate through your entire life. It can be a way to understand someone else's story. It's a way to get into experiences. It's a way to appreciate things. Uh, it's a way to also tell your own story and exp- expand your vocabulary on so many levels, not not just in, in words and language, but uh, emotional and, and cultural. Yeah. Uh, that I think these are great workshops of not just a passive activity. Films are beautiful and wonderful, and we all enjoy the experience. But starting to learn what goes into it, what takes what it takes to do an animation, what makes a good story, and here in this whole experience, you get to learn all of that from professionals, and it all happens right in our uh, you know in our state. We're bringing in uh, talented people, we're pulling from other communities in our state, and we're bringing in international film for, for families. Well, when you said that the film festival uh, obviously had elements that catered to children and uh, to younger kids, but how important was it uh, for you and your partnership with the film festival to really extend this programming out uh, to the way that you're doing it this year? Well, you know, we're fortunate. So the, the film festival started as, uh, uh, under the Arts Council 15 years ago and has grown to become its own organization with a, you know, a nice, strong leadership that has vision and direction is trying to expand and grow the program. You know, it started as a one- and two-day event. is now, as you said, five days of programming, bringing in people uh, to our great state and celebrating, you know, uh, storytellers of all types, women, uh, people with diverse backgrounds, and adding this element where we can start uh, – teaching uh, the residents and the children both the vocabulary 
uh, of how to communicate and how to share, I think is, is amazing because a lot of the things we're seeing that, that uh, will be the future technology or the future ways that, that people are going is, is right through film, the, the VR, the technology, mm-hmm. phones and apps. It's going to be ways people communicate. We're giving them the chance to be part of that experience uh, and learn how to go forward with it. And I think it'll, you know, in, in 10 years you'll see these students, same students, making film. Certainly. Now, Wayne, speaking of the technology, what technology will you be using in the workshops? Are you going to use some of that film equipment that the Oxford Film Festival and the Arts Council make available? Or will people be working from smartphones and, you know, more, you know, sort of everyday technology? Devices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on two things that that I think we're excited about with the the Arts Council and the Film Festival. Uh, the workshop is going to just keep it keep it very, very simple, how to use either a small camera or phone or tablet, because these are tools that are, are, are readily accessible, uh, and we want uh, the kids to come in. We want the families to come and experience the Film Festival, um, take, the, take the information back to where their community is and start telling their own stories. Uh, you know, the festival is, is a great experience. So if someone wanted to come over from another community, spend the night, and the parents can go to the watch the films and the panels and the workshops you just heard about while the kids are at the powerhouse because uh, we're going to provide food for them. We're going to provide drink. We're going to take care of them all day for you so they can have an immersive experience. Oh, man. The parents can go do it, and they can walk away with, I know how to use my smartphone in a better way to communicate. Uh, and we do have a very exciting program, so after they learn how to do all of those things, uh, we have Oxfilm, which is um, we actually have the technology from – cameras and lights and sound and recording and equipment that is available for lease for people who are making films in Mississippi and telling our stories. So uh, we don't, we're not just a film festival. We're really trying to get people to make and tell stories here because that does create jobs. It impacts our economy. Uh, you know, the jobs in kind of this sector pay well, and you can be here and, and pull in partnerships from across the country. Mm-hmm. Well, you bring up such a good point, Wayne. It really is an economic driver in the state and, and something I certainly support. And and when you make a film, it's not just the actors and the directors and the actresses and this, that, and the other. Yeah. There's an incredible line of people who are employed by these sort of productions, from the catering and the food to the costumes, which is another great element you've brought into the kids' workshop. That's right. They'll, they'll have a chance to learn about how to do um, everything from uh, kind of the you know, e- easy magic just through costumes, how, how to dress up the experience just in simple costuming. Uh, so you, they're going to get a chance to really think through what it takes to, to tell a good story. Um, they're going to see the backside of a film and that how, how simple things can, can change the texture. Uh, and then hopefully they'll, you know, get that experience that will be inquisitive and inspire them to keep going and learning. Uh, we want them to take something away from this experience that is uh, energetic, uh, exciting, and, and stimulates them mentally to go, you know, I can do this. This is possible. I can see the opportunities. And so they'll grow with us as we go for the next 15 years. Absolutely. Well, Wayne, you're always doing something innovative and exciting. And I hope there's still room for kids to sign up for the workshop. Uh, tell us where we can go to learn more about registration, what we need to bring, what we need to leave at home, yeah. and uh, how to get involved. <laughs> so, yeah, if they'd like to see the full schedule, it is um, Saturday and Sunday, February 10th and 11th. Uh, so there's film screenings. So if they, if they just have time to, to come see film screenings, uh, if they would like to take care, uh, participate in the workshops, those are available. Uh, you can find everything online at OxfordFilmFest.com. Uh, it's got the full schedule. It's got the packages. It'll even tell you what to bring. Wonderful. Excellent. Great, Excellent. great. Well, again, Wayne Andrews, director of the Yachnapatapa Arts Council, thanks again for joining us and for being on the line. It's time for a final break, but when we return, we'll welcome to the show singer-lyricist lyricist, rocker Aston Rocks of Clouds and yes. Crayons. So don't go anywhere because you don't want to miss what's coming up on Next Stop Mississippi.
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Dangerous by Clouds and Crayons. We're going to be joined today by Aston Rocks of Clouds and Crayons to talk a little bit about uh, her music, her her films, her, yeah. her music videos. A really exciting show we've uh, got put together for you today, all about the 15th annual Oxford Film Festival. And Camille and I were talking on the break. We'd be remiss uh, to be you know, dedicating a show to film and not talk about the Mississippi Film Office, which yes, is doing incredible work led by Nina Parikh and Tabby Mayo there. And yeah, just, uh, Betty Black. Shout, big shout out to Betty Black. That's right. And new, and new Meg Lake over there. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Betty Black, the power behind uh, the scenes there. But uh, the Mississippi Film Office has been long established and uh, incredible support for the film and production community in Mississippi. And they've got a great web website, filmmississippi.org. You can go there and find yeah. out where all the films are being made currently. There's a biggie being done in Natchez, if you hadn't heard. So go check that out at filmmississippi.org. So lots of exciting things uh, happening in film in Mississippi. Yes, yes, my team. But also great things happening in music in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And our guest today, Aston Rocks, really ties music and film. So we're going to explore that a little bit. Welcome to the show, Aston. Hi. We are great. We're so pleased to yeah. have you um, on Next Stop Mississippi with us today. And I just have to say, I, I spent the morning listening to your music and had a great morning. Listened to Dangerous, which we just heard coming into the show on the treadmill. Was feeling really good about the world. And then I got back to my computer to do a little more and realized that this album, Love Soliloquy, is is a is a visual album. It's not just for listening. It's for viewing. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. And so what we what, what I decided to do was um, uh, every month starting uh, October, we would drop a video on the 16th of every month. So Dangerous Crush was actually the first one to drop in October. And then LaDonna in November. Then we released the song Nightmare in December. Ugly Like Noise was last month. And then we have the nod to look forward to this month. But if you want to view them all together on the big screen, it's going to be showing um, all, all six videos uh, with Contradiction being released in March all together at the Oxford Film Festival, which I'm super, super, super excited about. Um, it, was, it was an awesome project. It was dear to my heart. Um, it's, it's all about love, man, all about the different types of love, all the different types of relationships that we go through with ourselves and with our counterparts and with our friends and I'm really, really excited about it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it watching this morning. Well, I tell you, Aston, uh, I have seen a lot of groups, but I mean, you guys are really impressive. And just watching your music videos, the interpretive videos, they are, I mean, just so well produced. I, I was, my breath was just taken away when I was watching the video for Ugly Like Noise. And I love the song, period, because the lyrics are so powerful and the way you laid it down is just so, you, you know, the, the groove of it. But then when I watched the video, is I mean, it really leaves your, you know, your imagination to fill in, you know, what you think the lyrics are about. So tell us about the process of making these videos. And then, you know, of course, leading up to the newest one that just came out uh, featuring Crystal Jim on there. Yeah. So the idea of uh, I, I started as a filmmaker first who just had a love for poetry and just the songs in my house that I was too nervous to sing on stage, right? Wow. And I wanted to link up with uh, a producer to produce, like, you know, some instrumentals to go with my words, and then with that I can create the visuals. And so when I linked up with Loki and Tiffany, we linked up 
January 2016, like maybe like the fourth of or something like that. We started at the top of the year. And with every song we turned out, um, because the ties also has a video, but it's not a part of the visual album. We turned that out first. Um, With every song that we turned out, I conceived an idea for a visual. Uh, LaDonna actually... uh, I could talk about that one first because you mentioned Crystal Jim was in it and the way that we casted her was so funny. Mm-hmm. Really originally, was. originally, Madonna was supposed to play herself. And I, I, wrote the, I wrote the poem for her because I wrote it for a young woman who had, you know, brains and beauty and had so much going for herself but couldn't pass, get past what... Uh, society was telling her that she needed and wanted, whether that be uh, someone in her life, you know, like a, a a man or a husband or things like that, you know, how she should look and um, and those sorts of things. So I wanted to explore that from the perspective of someone who is always glued to their phone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I took that from my own experience because uh, as a, uh, Funny story, I performed that at a high school, and a girl rose her hand, mm. and she asked me, did you write that about yourself, or did you write that about her? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I wrote that about me, too, because the same things that, you know, we, tra- we translate the information differently, but they still affect us in similar ways. And so, um, so Crystal, who, you know, she's one of my loves, I love her to death. I love her to death so much. And I, she agreed to do it maybe a week before the shoot. And it turns out that uh, she was dating Kahari at the time. The guy that was supposed to play the boyfriend dropped out the day of, and Kahari had nothing to do that day. So he just, <laughs> he was our leading man um, that, that afternoon. Great so story. I'll, I'll like all of our we all all of the videos have like really funny casting stories. they really do um but that's that so that's how uh Madonna came to be that was probably the earliest conceived story that of all of the pieces that I had well I, LaDonna it, it really does create that connection it's so relatable mm-hmm. um you know I often like will have a really good day and come home and get my face in Instagram or Facebook and kind of start feeling bad you mm-hmm. know right. um, so it's wonderful that you're able to speak to that and and make that normal normalize that because yeah. uh, I'm not sure that we always realize that we're not isolated in those sort of experiences mm-hmm. right Right, and I and that's why I when I shot it, I made it. I made sure that she was all you saw, that she was by herself, mm-hmm. that she was the only one you saw from the like you saw that she was with someone, but not with them. Yeah, exactly. And so I re, and and I feel like a lot of us do that these days. Um, we're we're always kind of somewhere else or wishing we were somewhere else or mm-hmm. wishing we were doing something else. And so, so yeah, that's how I came up with the idea for LaDonna. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, tell us, tell our listeners, what is it like for the journey of an independent artist? I mean, you know, uh, I see you doing a lot of shows with uh, a lot of different acts and genres around here, and you guys really mesh it up well. I mean, you're you're performing with the uh, It's a Love thing on February 13th that uh, with a lot of different artists uh, from the state at the uh, Flamingo, but I've seen you do a lot of different shows, you know, throughout the state with all kind of genres. So tell us what it's like to be an independent artist and the importance of really mixing it up with other art forms. You've just got to try. You just It's a lot of experimentation. It's a lot of, you know, going into it knowing that it might work and it might not. Worst case, you know, you say, okay, worst case scenario, it doesn't work, what happens? Will I die? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, you know, there's there's some risk management in there, but for the most part, you're just kind of, you make a list of the goals that you uh, that you aim to hit, and then once you're finished, you look at the goals and say, "Did I reach my goal?" Like, which you do your little checklist. So, um, the past couple of years doing shows, 
we've done shows with hip-hop acts. We've done shows with rock acts. We've done fusion shows. Uh, the 13th will be primarily uh, hip-hop because it'll be with Vitamin C and Young Jewels. And then actually on the 17th, we are performing an acoustic version of our song Nightmare because uh, Elegant Trainwreck is releasing the compilation album uh, Hey America, Welcome to Mississippi. And so that's something we haven't done before either. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of going, like, for me, the journey of an artist is always go for it. You know, what, what is the worst? What, can, what will I gain? And what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. The worst thing that can happen for you is that you don't try and you don't get anything out of it, and you don't learn, and you don't grow, and you eventually walk away from it. And so I say to artists out there who are unsure uh, if they want to try something new or not, if you're unsure, just try it. Mm-hmm. Aston Rocks, tell our listeners where they can go to check out Love Soliloquy and learn more about Clouds and Crayons, your schedule, your music, your videos. Um, and as we go out with today's interview, we're going to hear LaDonna. So we want to make time for our listeners to get to experience your music as well. Awesome, awesome. You can find, if you want to go on our website, Clouds, like Clouds in the Sky, A-N-D, Crayons, dot band, B-A-N-D. And on our homepage, you can enter the site. You can watch all the videos. You can click on the music tab. It'll take you to our SoundCloud, our Bandcamp, our Spotify, and all of those wonderful sites as well. Um, If you want to find us on social media, Cloud Letter N Crayons, because believe it or not, Clouds and Crayons are taken. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Cloud Letter N Crayons on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. That's probably where you get our quickest amount of news. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's how you can find us. Drop us a comment. Drop us a message. You know, say have a nice day. I'll say it right back to you. And I hope I get to see you at our future shows or next week at Oxford Film Fest. Great. Aston Rocks, thanks so much for being on the show today. She is the front woman for Clouds and Crayons, a great dynamic electro soul duo from Jackson. Check them out. It's been a great show today here on Next Stop Mississippi. We want to thank you, our listeners, for traveling with us and thank all of our guests for joining us this morning. Melanie Addington, Executive Director of the Oxford Film Festival, Director, Actress, Producer Katie McLean, Wayne Andrews with the Yachna Patalpa Arts Council, and of course, Aston Rocks of Clouds and Crayons. Next Stop Mississippi was produced by Michelle McAdoo and is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. For Kamel King, I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Southern Remedy for Women is up next, but please join us again next week for another great trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. We're going to leave you with LaDonna by Clouds and Crayons. That you were wrong and you listened to them. I really wish you wouldn't. No.